And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Take God's Word and open up to Luke chapter 9. Let's read verse 57 to 62. Luke chapter 9, starting from verse 57. Now as you search for the scripture, in this passage, in these seven verses what's happening here is the holy spirit took the time to minister to dr luke and what he did was he introduced us to three individuals who wanted to join jesus on his journey to jerusalem they expressed their desire to follow jesus but on their own terms mm-hmm but knowing Jesus, he was not having it. Amen. So we are at Luke chapter 9 verse 57. We'll read verse 57, 58, 59, 60, 61, 62. Verse 57 reads, And it came to pass that as they went on the way, that's Jesus and his disciples, they were on their way to Jerusalem. A certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow you wheresoever you go. <laughs> Wherever you go, I'll be there. Verse 58, this is Jesus' response. Jesus said unto him, foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head. No answer, no response. Number two, Jesus went. Jesus continued his journey. Verse 59, and he said unto another, now this is Jesus talking to somebody. The first person volunteered. To be a disciple. Now Jesus is submitting a request to be a disciple. He said, follow me. But he said, notice what the person responded. Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Here is Jesus' response. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead. But go thou and preach the kingdom of God. No response either final volunteer <laughs> verse 61 and another said unto jesus lord i will follow you but there is a but but let me first go bid farewell to those who are at my house i need to go tell my family i'm going to follow jesus i need to tell them no turning back no turning back here jesus's response jesus said unto him no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of god you know this past friday we had the pantry and you know i was talking with eric typically wood and eric helps me uh, but you know i was talking with eric and for some reason he sensed my disappointment and frustration and he said this, he said, Pastor, keep your hands to the plow. You know we need one another. Amen. And when he said, keep your hands to the plow, I felt electricity went through my body. Because you see, would have been asking God, should I continue the book of Acts? Or is there another word from the Lord? Now, the, the, the good thing about teaching the Bible, book, chapter, and verse, is you always have a curriculum. It makes it very easy. Amen. And while you do that, you have to remain open for when the Lord wants to direct you. You see, having a curriculum is driving. At least you, you're moving. Then the Lord will begin to steer you in the right direction. So I needed some steering in the right direction. And the Lord used Eric. He said, Pastor, keep your hands to the plow. Men and I have been touting that verse from Friday. I'm keeping my hands to the plow. And I believe God would want, I think that's what God would have everybody know today. This is the word of the Lord to you. Keep your hands to the plow. I mean, we'll get into it, but I need you to know that we live in difficult times. We live in challenging times. Amen. You got to push your way through most times. You would agree? And so sometimes we get discouraged. Sometimes we get frustrated. 
But the Lord would have me tell you this morning, keep your hands to the plow. Amen? You see, each of these three individuals, these three men, in this chapter, amen, <clears throat> said they wanted to follow Jesus, but they wanted to do so with some assurance of security and comfort. You see, they all have their own terms. Mm -hmm. The first and the third individual volunteered to follow Jesus. Nobody asked them to become a disciple. They just said, Lord, I'll follow you. The second told Jesus, the second one Jesus told to follow him. This particular text was written when Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem to be crucified. So at that time, he had a different mindset. Are you with me? He had a different mindset. He was focused. He had 12 guys with him training. And, but he was still looking for disciples to enlist to the king, into the kingdom. He was looking for people who had the mind of a soldier. Not necessarily for people who had the need to be comfortable. You see, many of us want to serve Christ, but we want to serve Christ comfortable. Look, let me share with you, brothers and sisters. This world is not our home. We are just passing through. You cannot serve God effectively, comfortable. It doesn't work. Not in this earth. Look, our, our, our home is in heaven. For now, it's going to descend. If you've been following with us from the book of Revelation chapter 21. Jesus showed John the capital city of the world, the new Jerusalem. It was coming down from heaven. 15,000 miles wide, 15,000 miles long, 15,000 miles high. This is the capital city. This world is not our home. And so if you're looking for comfort, you're looking in the wrong place. Like these three individuals. Amen? So he was looking for people who had a mind to work. People who had a sense of, here is the word, a sense of commitment. A sense of what? Commitment. And, I, you know, I, I was thinking, I was this morning while meditating on the scripture, the Lord laid, laid this on my heart. It is, I don't think it's by coincidence we are talking about a renewed sense of commitment to the Lord's service. Because of the season we are in right now, do you know in Jerusalem and throughout the world, Orthodox Jews not Messianic Jews in particular, but Orthodox Jews, they're celebrating Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah, I'll tell you what it is. Rosh Hashanah is a Jewish New Year. The Jewish New Year starts in September. Well, it is the first of the Jewish High Holy Days as specified in Leviticus chapter 23. You can read verse 23 to 25. Listen, it occurs in the late summer, early autumn. This year in 2023, Rosh Hashanah began at sunset this Friday past. At September 15th, but it ends this evening at 6. Amen. And, 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 and listen, listen. Listen to how it's celebrated. Rosh Hashanah observes Observances include special foods, traditions, and celebrations can vary from family to family. Many people attend services at a temple or church or synagogue where special services held with messages of hope and atonement in the new year. Listen, listen, this is what I want to get to. A shofar, it is a hollowed, a hollowed out ram's horn. Shofar they use in the wilderness. It's blown during the services. Here is why. To awake any spiritual slumber. That's why I said it's not by coincidence right now. God is asking us for a renewed sense of commitment. To get out of spiritual slumber. Amen. That's why it, 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 we've been for the last few Wednesdays. We've been talking about something new is happening. You, you remember we said a new earth, a new heaven. We've been talking about the word new, new. I didn't realize this is what we were coming up to. This sense of new beginning. Mm -hmm. Where God is asking us for a renewed sense of commitment. To serve him on his terms, not our terms. Amen. 
So here we are told, let's go back to verse 57. Here we are told, here we are told in verse 57, Jesus and his disciples are on their way to Jerusalem. And a certain man just volunteered to become a disciple. He told Jesus, I will follow you wheresoever you go. Wherever you are going, I will follow you to any destination. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. Where you turn, Lord, I will turn. I will what? I will follow you. How many of you agree that sounds suspect? <laughs> uh, I will follow you. Oh, it sounds like the brother was somewhat desperate, huh? Now, this is why a lot of commentators said that he was looking for come some, type, some type of comfort. It's because of the way Jesus responded. Jesus told him, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the son of man hath no place. So, 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 so many commentators to think, seems to think that he was at least looking for some sort of, safe, some sort of safety. He apparently assumed that he would follow Jesus to some type of luxurious house. You know, you can look at Jesus and you look at the twelve. He maybe sat, stood out and looked at Jesus. Look at the twelve uh, disciples and thought, well, man, I want to join that group. They look like they got something going on. They look organized. And, and maybe some, some Bible scholars think that he was homeless. Maybe he was homeless. They thought they, they thought, he thought they had a good crib. And so that's why Jesus said, you're looking for a home. But I don't have a house. If you're a fox, you've got a hole. huh? If you're a bird, you've got a nest. But as for me, I'm just passing through. And when Jesus said that to him, now if this man was genuine, he would have said, oh no, Lord, that's okay, that's okay. I'm in it to work. He did not respond. All we heard was crickets. Crickets. <laughs> we're still waiting for a response almost 2,000 years ago we haven't gotten a response crickets <laughs> because we want to serve God on our own terms most time we're looking for comfort brothers and sisters we need to get rid of that mindset amen Jesus said look my friend I myself am practically homeless I'm going to Jerusalem to die Therefore, if you're looking for some type of comfort, you're looking in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. I guess Jesus just called his bluff. You would say that? Yeah. Jesus was telling this man, this is what I think Jesus was telling him. I'm looking for soldiers. I'm not looking for people who, to be comfortable. I'm looking for people who knows that there is work involved in Christianity. Amen. There is work involved. A physical home in this life, I didn't come to guarantee, but I came to secure your eternal destiny. Amen. So, what I want to do, saints, is, is jump to, before I go to the third individual, because that's where I want to spend some time. I want to look at the two volunteers, uh -huh, and then go to the second individual, Jesus told to follow me. Because do you know that it wasn't only the 12 disciples Jesus told to follow me? He told many other individuals to follow me, but they did not. Including this man here, he told to follow me. An invitation, an eternal invitation was given to a man to join the kingdom and do work for the Lord. And he refused because he had an agenda. The first man looking for security. This is what... This is a verse, there is a verse that encapsulates what humility, sacrifice looks like. Which is what Jesus was telling this man. You've got to be humble and the Christian life is a sacrificial life. There is a verse in scripture that encapsulates this, these two particular characteristics. It's in Philippians chapter 2. Can you go to Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 8. Verses 5 to 8. Philippians 2, 5 to 8. It reads, Amen. Let... The suggested subject verb there is you. You is not here. But the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, is telling the saints in Philippi, you, let this mind be in you, 
which was also in whom? You have to let this mind be in you. Let him be your example in humility and sacrifice. Amen? Shelve your agenda and embrace the sacrificial lifestyle that is required to live an effective Christian life. So he said, let this life be in you, this mind which was also in whom? Christ Jesus. He continues in verse 6. He's going to explain, he's going to elaborate what he means by that. He said, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. How many of you ever thought of really wanting to find out what, what, what that verse means? Not robbery. <laughs> thought it not robbery. It meant to be equal to God. Amen. So, so this verse is saying, Jesus essentially was one with God. And in the form of God. And being that way, sometimes it's difficult for the, for the ordinary person to, to relinquish that position. To, to be in, in the form of God, essentially. To be, to be like God. It's not something people, the ordinary person would relinquish. But the Bible says Jesus relinquished that position. And he took upon himself the form of a servant. That's what the word robbery, found robbery. That's what it means. Who being in the form of God, essentially he was like God, thought it not robbery to be equal to God. That level of equality with God, it's difficult to release, to relinquish. But Jesus did it. And the Bible says he came here, uh-huh, verse 7, but, but made himself of what? No reputation. And took upon him the form of a what? And was made in the likeness of? Verse 8 says, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And so Jesus is saying, the Bible, that's what Jesus was telling this man. Sir, you are looking for comfort, but you are looking for comfort in the wrong place. Now, if you serve me, you're going to be very comfortable in my father's kingdom. But while you're passing through here, there is a devil here. Mm -hmm. And he has something for those of us who are looking to be comfortable. And so Jesus is telling this man, you need to embrace the life, the sacrificial lifestyle that every effective Christian amen, lives out. Praise God. Now, let us jump over to the last, the last, the, the last guy Jesus spoke to. Amen. Verses 6. Can you go to verse 61? Verse 61. And another said, Lord, the second volunteer said to him, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go bid them farewell which are at my house. Lord, I will follow you, but let me go say goodbye to my family. Just give me a chance to say my goodbyes. You know, many People have gone to say farewell and never returned. <laughs> you know, many people have gone back and get their family's approval. You know, to be honest, brothers and sisters, we thank, how many of you thank God for families? But sometimes families are the hardest on us who are Christians. Especially if they are not Christians. Well, they are our, our worst critics because they know our faults. Mm -hmm. And you get what I'm saying? And so here this man is telling Jesus, I need, but what Jesus is doing is exposing his excuse. That, that's what's going on here. All these guys, they have an excuse and Jesus is exposing it. Now Jesus could tell him, hey, what you're saying is not the truth. You really don't want to follow me. You want to go home and not come back. But you're disguising it. No, but Jesus is not doing that. Jesus is using, he is using the reasons Mm -hmm. that the reasons that prevent most people from committing to God and one of the one of, one, one of the uh, one of the um, I, I, I'm looking for a word here one of the group of peoples who are who make it very difficult for us to commit to God is our families our families 
Let me show you this right here. And it's not that Jesus is against. You know Jesus is not against families. But you and I have to know, brothers and sisters, that their families, most times, and it's because of our, you know, their love for us. Most times they are not our favorite supporters as Christians. Let me show you what Jesus' family did. Can you go to Matthew chapter 12, verse 46? Matthew chapter 12. This is Jesus' family. And, 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 and I want you to keep that in mind. Jesus had seven siblings. Sorry, six siblings. He had other brothers and sisters. While he was growing up, none of them got saved. Think about it. Except James. When he died and left. Mm -hmm. James, his brother, said, oh, he was really God. But think, think about that. Brothers and sisters in the house, they saw and heard your miracles. But that's what it is. Familiarity breeds what? It breeds contempt. This is what happened. Jesus is preaching. Uh -huh. And while he was preaching, while he had talked, you have verse 46? While he had talked to the people, behold, his mother. Can you say Mary. And his brethren stood without, desiring to speak with him. The man is preaching. And they came. <laughs> On the outside, there was a crowd. They couldn't pass through the crowd. So they send a message. Somewhere, somehow, they got a message to Jesus. They said, Jesus, your mother and your brothers out there, they want to speak with you. Then, <laughs> verse 47, then one said unto him, behold, your mother and your brethren stand without, desiring to speak with you. Verse 48, but he answered and said unto him, <laughs> who is my mother? Uh -huh. This is Jesus. Who are my brothers and sisters? Verse 49, and he stretched forth his hands forward to his disciples and he said, behold, my mother. And behold my brethren, for whosoever shall do the will of my father, which is in heaven, the same is my brother and my. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. That doesn't mean that we should be at odds with our family. We, should all, we need to know that their interest is not God. And any time, brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter, family, friends, Neighbors, anytime their interest is not Jesus Christ, there's going to be problems. And that's why Jesus said this. Jesus said, listen to what Jesus said. Can you go to Matthew chapter 10? Matthew chapter 10, then we'll go to Luke chapter 14. Matthew chapter 10. Listen to what Jesus is saying. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 10 verse 37. Jesus wants total commitment. You got it? He said, he that loveth father or mother, more than me, is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter, more than me, is not worthy of me. And he that taketh his cross and followeth after me. Sorry, sorry. He that taketh not his cross mm -hmm, and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Verse 39, he that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Verse 40, he that receiveth you receiveth me. And he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. Jesus is saying, I want total commitment. He that loveth father, mother, more than me is not worthy of me. Because father and mother cannot take you and I to heaven. Thank God for fathers. Thank God for mothers. Amen. But brothers and sisters, we got to, we have to honor mothers and what? Fathers. But if there is a choice, if your mother, your father do not want you to be a Christian, you've got a choice. You got to say, mom and dad, I thank you for bringing me here, but you cannot take me to eternity. <laughs> uh, tell your neighbor, Jesus is asking for total commitment. 
Yeah, that's what he's asking for. Total commitment. He's asking, and this is why I think God gave us this sermon at this time. Because he's asking for a renewed commitment. God said to me, Emmanuel, what I need to do, get up to show, show up differently in the morning. I said, God, show up differently in the morning. I mean, <coughs> I thought I had this thing going together. And I just realized what he's saying, Pastor, is that, is that sometimes I get up, I go to bed late from studying, and then I get up early and I'm tired. And I cannot focus during my quiet time. Mm-hmm. So I got to show up better, which means I'm supposed to go to bed earlier. So when we get up in the morning, I can focus with him. We can have sweet fellowship and not me nodding my head. Are you with me, saints? Because he wants total commitment. Total commitment. So we have to show up differently every day now. We got to show up like we are ready. Or, or not. <laughs> can you go to Luke chapter 14? Luke chapter 14. Quickly, I got Luke chapter 14, verse 25 to 27. This is Jesus speaking again. And these verses, they rocked my world. Verse 25, you got it? Luke chapter 14, verse 25. Looking for family to affirm us as Christians. Amen. Some, it may happen if, if they are Christians. If they are not Christians, it won't happen. Stop looking for it. Listen, hear me, hear me out. It is going to be all right. We just sang it this morning. It is going to be what? All right. Jesus said in Luke chapter 14 verse 25. And there went. Yeah. There went great multitudes with him. And he turned and said unto them. If any man come to me. And hate not his father. And hate not his mother. And hate not his wife. I said Lord what are you talking about? My wife. And hate not his wife. And hate not her husband. I just put that in there. Amen. And hate not his brothers. And hate not his sisters. Yes. And hate not his own life. He cannot be my disciple. <laughs> How many of you think that's a tall order? By the way, when the Bible uses hate, it means to love less. Let me say that again. It means to what? So let me read it another way. Maybe that, that's more palatable. The way I'm going to read it. Amen. It says here. If any man come to me. And love not less. His father. Love not less. His mother. Love not less his wife. Love not less his children. Brothers and sisters. Yes. And love not less his life. His life. He's not worthy of me. So hate simply means to love less. What Jesus is saying. You've got to make him priority. You and I, we have to make Jesus what? Priority. We cannot use family as an excuse not to deliver for God the way we should deliver. Let me see that again. <laughs> we cannot do what? Use family as a what? An excuse. That's what this man was doing. This man said, Jesus. I need to go home. I need to go tell everybody I'm leaving. Now let me share this with you. This, there is nothing wrong in going and telling your brethren and your mother. Your, it's telling them, look, I'm leaving. I'm going to Jerusalem with Jesus. I'm leaving you all. Amen. I'm now saved. I'm now a holy roller. <laughs> Amen. And, and, and so in so doing, I'm going to throw a party. This is the last. It happened. The same courtesy was extended to Elisha. You remembered when Elijah met Elisha. Elisha told Elijah... Look, I need to go home and talk to my father and mother and tell them at least I'm leaving. Let's read the text. Let's read the text. Because you see, I want you to see the difference here. Jesus, it was okay for Elijah to go back. Amen? But this man, Jesus knew the reason why he wanted to go home is because he didn't want to come back. Can you go to 1 Kings chapter 19? 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 19 to 21. And since the reason why I'm saying that is because God is calling us to a high level of commitment. Amen. We are living in times where we need to be fully engaged. Fully committed to Jesus. The, 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 this is what I'm trying to tell you. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, we, we, we get so attached 
to family members who doesn't approve us of us as being Christian to the point where we get hurt. You see, why won't you accept me as a Christian? Well, it's not going to happen. Jesus said it wasn't going to happen. Do, do, do you have the text? First Kings 19, 19. So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shephat. Amen. Elisha means God is my supplication. Elijah means God is Jehovah. So he met Elisha, the son of, the son of Shephat, who was plowing with 12 yoke. What was Elijah doing? Plowing. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he, that, and he with the 12th. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. Back then, the way you would tell somebody that they were called to ministry to the prophet is the prophet would come by and he had a mantle. Typically, it was a, it was a coat made, of, um, made out, of, out of skin. And then while he passed, he'd just take it out and throw it on the individual. What, that was just so dramatic. Just whether, he, whether, he, whether or not he took it to the laundromat, just throw it on him. And, and so while Elisha was working hard, notice, I want you to notice whom God went, sent Elijah to. He sent Elijah to somebody who was working. Not only working, but somebody was doing hard labor. Let me share with you, farming is hard work. That's why Jesus told the third man. He told the third man. He said, no man who left their hand to the plow. If you lay your hands to the plow. And I'm going to explain it in a while what, you, what he's really telling this man. If you turn back, you are not worthy of my kingdom. Keep your hands to the plow. And stop looking back over your shoulder. Looking at shining objects. Distractions. Such as family members. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, glory be. So, so he met and threw his coat on him. Verse 20 says, this is what verse 20 says. And he left the oxen. Elijah left the oxen and ran after Elijah. Elijah just threw the coat and keep walking. <laughs> no discussion. You know, <laughs> I grew up in church and for some reason, most of the prophets I knew, they always wanted to be like Elijah. Nobody wants to be like Jesus. You see, Jesus is too gentle. <laughs> the Bible called him, called Jesus a friend of publicans and sinners. The Bible says that he was anointed with the oil of gladness above all his fellows. A very nice guy. No prophet wanted to be like Jesus. He wanted to be like Elijah. Because Elijah called fire from him. Well, I choose Jesus. Amen. Anybody choose Jesus? Yes, 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 yeah. I know there is a song going around. These are the days of Elijah. Look, I beg to defer. These are the days of Jesus. And so the Bible says, Elijah said, let I pray. Uh, and, and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, let me, I pray thee, I beg you, let me go kiss my father and my mother. Mm? Then I will follow you. And he said unto him, go back again. For what have I done to thee? Elijah said, okay, go back. You know, he said, what, 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 what did I do? I should have known better. I shouldn't just throw my coat on you without speaking to you. Mm? He recognized he made a mistake. He said, what I need you to do, go home. And notice what Elijah, notice what Elisha did. Can you go to verse 21? Elisha returned back home and he took a yoke of oxen and slew them. And what he did? Boil the flesh with the instruments of the oxen. The instrument of the oxen is the yoke. Can you go to, I have an exhibit here. Let me show you what Elijah did. I have an exhibit. The man this time was for real. So this is a yoke. Okay, it's placed a yoke. The oxen, the oxen's head go into each of these circles or semicircles, and then they pull together, they plow. I mean they are connected to a plow, and that's how they plow the ground. I have another one, and one one that's used. Uh-huh. This is a used yoke. 
And can you give me the last exhibit where it's on the, on the, on the ox's neck? You see, it's on the ox's neck. So what Elijah did, he took these oxen and he killed his oxen. He is burning his equipment. He's not coming back. He took it, he, slow, he slew the oxen, and then he took the yoke and used the yoke as fuel. Burn the wood. I'm not coming back. Because I'm following for real. I know it takes a lot of hard work. That's what Elijah is saying. I know it takes hard work following Elijah. But I'm up to it because he found me plowing. He found me working hard. And when he found him, it wasn't at night in the cool of the evening. It was high day sun. So Elisha was sweating. Hard work. Do you know serving God is hard work? <laughs> Men hard on yourself. That's why Jesus said you've got to love your life less. If you, it, we just read it. If you are going to be my disciples, you have to love your life less. Uh-huh. Can, can you say love my life less? And he's talking about sacrifices. Some, I, I was telling somebody, you think I want to come here 745, 8 o'clock every Sunday morning. I want to sleep in like most of you. Well. Yeah. I, I, you, get, you think, well, I got to, oh, Lord. No, there is no smile on my face, Pastor, when I get up. No, but, but I know I got to love myself less. Yeah. A soldier, look here, you know, you know what a soldier, when, when at 5.30, 5 o'clock, thank you for the correction. What goes off at 5? Yes, exactly. Yeah, when the call goes off at 5, everybody gets up. Yeah, everybody, right? Everybody gets up. Nobody say, well, man, uh, I, I only had two hours rest last night. I, I'm not sure. You know, tell, tell my captain I cannot come. No, no, but that's what we do in Christianity. Oh, yeah. You, you, you see what Jesus is saying? There is a mindset you and I are supposed to have to plow our way through life. Amen? So we can get the results we need to get. Brothers and sisters, Christianity is not easy. And that is why God asked me. The reason why it's not easy is because you have the devil out there. And not only that, you have yourself to fight with. The enemy in you. The, what, what, the, what? the enemy in you. Our past. Our past. Can you say my past? My past can sabotage my future. I heard a, I heard a preacher saying, he was saying, he, he was talking to preachers and he said, I have, and I know what he was saying, but the verbiage he used really struck with me, stuck with me. He said, I have to get up every morning and assault my past. He said, every morning I get up, my past wants to get up with me and tell me about myself. He said, one day I, tell, I told my body, he, looked, he said, I looked in the mirror and said, I know about myself. I know about my failures. You don't have to remind me. That's why Paul said, I die daily. I get up every day just to bury myself. Yeah. And those are the kind of, the, that's why Jesus was telling these men that. He was saying, you, you, you guys have no idea. You want to join me, but you're looking for comfort. You want to be an effective Christian, but you're looking for, you are looking for comfort. It's not going to work. Especially in these last days. Can you say these last days? Sense, let me share something with you. Let me share with you this right here. And I'm not no pessimist. I'm not no fatalist. Based on scripture, something worse than COVID is coming. Something worse than COVID is coming. And if you and I do not cement our commitment to God. I said cement our commitment to God. Then our faith will be toppled over. <laughs> I'm now it's time to keep your hands to the plow. Now it's time to love yourself less. Uh-huh. And when the Bible says loving yourself less, it's talking about just our desires. You know, just the things, just what we do that's against serving God the way we should serve God. Mm -hmm. Are you getting me what I'm saying, saints? And so Jesus told him, Jesus told the man, look, 
he, he said, you got to keep your hands to the plow. And the reason why Jesus used this particular um, imagery is because everybody in that village knew about farming. There are a couple things that everybody in that village knew. They knew one, farming was very hard. Mm -hmm. So they're saying Jesus is equating farming to Christianity. It's a lot of what? Hard work. Tells, you know, I had a long time ago, I had a coach. And he said to me, he said, Emmanuel, you got to work harder on yourself than in your business. I never understood fully what he was saying. And he used to tell me every time. And I asked him, can you elaborate? He said to me, you'll grow. He said, you have to work harder on yourself than in your business. So everyone in the community knew that farming was hard work. Mm -hmm. Secondly, everybody knew that a farmer kept a farmer kept the rows straight. When you're plowing as a farmer, mm -hmm, you kept the rows, the furrows straight two ways. You have to look at an object ahead of you in the distance and you got to keep your gaze on that object. Jesus was telling this man, as you plow through the Christian life, you got to keep me <laughs> looking at me ahead of you and keep your head straight. Don't be distracted looking at the back because your life will not be straight. The furrows will be crooked. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing that everybody in the community knew about farming was that that plowman has to keep his hands on the plow. Because the struggle is real. When these oxen are pulling, you got to keep your hands and your feet on that plow so it'll be straight. And that's what Jesus was telling this man about Christianity. You got to hang in there. You got to keep your hands on the plow. Because if you don't keep your hands on the plow, you're going to get crooked furrows, crooked lines. And all you'll have is a mess. Mm -hmm. Keep your eyes on whom? On Jesus Christ. Because if not, brothers and sisters, Jesus said, you are not worthy what? You're not worthy to be part of the kingdom. If you don't do these two things. Jesus is saying the cost is clear and the cost is higher. Jesus did not mix matters. Amen. He was very direct. Especially as he was going to the cross. No one is fit for the kingdom if the king and his message is not first. Let me say that again. No one is fit for the kingdom if the king and his message is not first. We cannot keep looking back. This is what Paul told the Philippians. He said, brethren, I count myself not to have apprehended. He said in Philippians 3.13. He said, I have not arrived as yet. He said, I'm still in the struggle. He said, every morning, every morning I got to get up and die daily. He said, every morning I get up, I get up with one purpose, to bury myself. And he's talking about his thoughts. <coughs> the challenges he goes through. Not only that, the people criticizing you. Especially those who know you, know your shortcomings. Can I be honest with you? Sometimes because they haven't done much in their life, they don't want you to do anything either. Because they'll feel like you're leaving them behind. Listen to me. Leave them behind. Paul said, I count not myself to have apprehended. I haven't arrived. But this one thing, can you say one thing I do? One thing. Forgetting those things which are behind me. This is the time where we need to forget those things that are behind us. Since now is the time, don't let the devil mess with your mind. God is asking for total commitment. Total commitment. Forgetting the things which are behind and reaching forth. Anybody reaching forth? Yeah, anybody got a reaching forth in them? Yes, you got to reach forth. Reaching forth unto those things which are what? Yeah, that's why he said you got to keep the plowman has to keep his eyes on that tree ahead. So too we have to keep our eyes on Jesus. The Bible says looking unto Jesus who is the author and finisher. <laughs> oh, that's how you look unto him so you can have straight rows. So you can have a straight life. And you get what I'm saying, saints? Oh, glory be to Jesus. So can you go to uh, next verse, verse 14. 
Yeah, next verse 14. He said, what I do? I press. <laughs> Anybody knows why you have to press? Yeah, it's not easy. You press your way through to church. Don't you sometimes you have to? Yes, yes. You, nobody press their way through to work. No, 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 no. Nobody. I haven't, I haven't, heard, I haven't heard anybody said, I pressed my way through to work. No, no devil is fighting you to go to work. For that matter, you're self-motivated. There is a paycheck coming. You, you don't have, nobody has to, you haven't got to press anything. I'm up. <laughs> because at the end of the month, there are some guys who are coming, they're called bills. And they're coming whether or not you invited them. They'll be knocking. I'm here. So that, that's enough motivation. I don't need to press. I just get up. In Jesus' name. Oh, but on Sunday, oh, on Sunday morning, or oh, oh, Wednesday evening, or oh, Thursday morning at 5 when we have prayer in the morning, you got to press towards coming. Well, <laughs> uh, glory be to Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> that's when you press. <laughs> I press towards the mark for the price. There is a high calling. Let, let, let me share this with you, brothers and sisters. And you'll remember, for those of us who are here today, and you, those, of you, those of you who are looking, you're going to remember the day I stood here and begged you to commit to God totally. Because when you do end up before Jesus Christ, and you see what you miss, what you could, because, uh, because the Bible seems to indicate that there are different degrees of reward in heaven. Different degrees of reward and different degrees of punishment. The Bible says God gave one person one talent, another five, another ten. And another he gave one. And then according to how they worked, he gave one ten cities, five cities. Mm? That's a different reward, isn't that? So there are different degrees of reward in heaven. Some, I guarantee you, for those of you who don't want, don't want to commit yourself to Jesus Christ, don't want to commit your life, you will regret it. Yeah, the last, listen to me, you want to regret on earth, not in heaven. Yeah, let me say that again. You want to regret on earth, not in heaven. Yeah, not when you rapture, because this is it. So I'm asking you to press now. Rosh Hashanah. This new Jewish month, God is asking for renewed commitment. Keep your hands to the plow. Do not turn back and look at shining objects. Mm, don't let the devil put with your mind saying, I wish. You know the devil used to mess with my mind. Saying, man, I should have accomplished more by then. You know? If I'd gone on to be an accountant and get a PhD in finance and write the CPA, like I wanted to. You know, that's what, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a professor. I wanted somebody to call me Dr. Williams. Glory be to God. I had it, I had it. And I was, uh, at SBI, Dean Mobley chose five of us to get ready for the, to sit the CPA. Sent me to, uh, uh, to, um, to Pfizer. Be a I was a tax consultant and I came back. Glory be to God. Things are working out. And the devil now and then passed messes with my mind. He said, look where you are. You got to press your way towards the mark. You got to talk to yourself sometimes. <laughs> Amen. The high, you got to press to the, for the price of the... There is a high calling. There is a what? Not just a calling, a high calling. Man, that drives me to worship God. I say, God, I'm going for the high calling. Yeah, the high calling. Not just the calling, the high calling. Yes, you know God has a high calling. It's the high calling of God in Christ. Uh, can somebody give the Lord some praise? Yeah, tell your neighbor to keep your hands to the plow. Yes, yes. I want you to read Matthew chapter 24. It's called the Olivet Discourse. And what Jesus did, he gave a summary of what's going to happen in the last days. Now, our time now is, describes, is described as a woman in travail. Amen. Contractions are taking place now. And the closer she gets to pregnancy, the, the, the what? Yeah, the, the sharper the contractions, the harder they are. 
I remember when my wife was with EJ, I was bringing forth EJ, I was there at the hospital. And, you know, after she brought EJ forth, I, I had my, my, you know, to give you your mask and everything. And when she, when I came out, when the doctor says, Mr. Williams, your son is born, everything's all right. I went out of the door and I said, Lord, I thank you, I'm not a woman. Glory be to <laughs> Lord, I thank you, I'm not a woman. Lord, I give you praise, glory. <laughs> With what I saw, I blessed the Lord of my soul. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, thank God, amen. Thank God he made some men and some he made women. Amen. God bless our ladies. Can you give the ladies a hand? Glory be to God. Yes. <laughs> yeah, God, we thank you for them. Bless them. <laughs> I'm not sure I reached there. But brothers and sisters, I'm going to bring this to a close. I want to, just, I want to ask you one more time. I'll, we looked at the second guy next week, but I want to make an appeal to you. As the Lord made an appeal to me last evening. Total commitment. Amen. Total commitment. Strive for total commitment. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com or call the church 850-408-8496.